just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. It is Tuesday. One week from today, we will have the midterm elections. Interestingly enough, though, I've heard that there's been 60 million votes already cast with early voting or absentee voting. That's pretty amazing, given it's a midterm election. Usually people don't even show up, but now we're seeing numbers similar, if not better, than what we saw in 2020, and that is a signal of things to come. People don't come out in force like that unless they have a reason, and the reason they're coming out in force in this midterm election is the very same reason they came out in 2020 and gave Joe Biden, 81 million votes, the most votes any presidential candidate has ever received. That's for fear. That's because people don't want to see this country go down the shitter, go into authoritarianism, into fascism. And that's certainly where we're headed if the Republicans have anything to say about it. That's one of the things that the Republicans were confused by. There's no way Joe Biden could have gotten 81 million votes. He's got no charisma. He's nobody. He can't pack an arena like Donald Trump. How can he get 81 million votes? No way he gets 81 million votes without cheating. That is part of the reason why they continue with this election fraud bullshit. What they don't account for is that Donald Trump is his own worst enemy, and he's the one that scared people to get out in 2020, and he's the reason They're getting out in 2022. Well, he's not the only reason. Little things like overturning Roe v. Wade, telling people we're going to take your Social Security and Medicare away, um, marginalizing the LGBTQ community, um, suppressing votes of people of color, all those things, none of them help them out in the election thing. And of course, as we've talked about, if you watch the polls, oh, it's so close. I refuse to believe that. Our media tells us a lot of shit and very, very infrequently they're accurate. Usually it's a bunch of bullshit. Usually it's not true. And then what happens afterwards, they don't say anything about it, they move on, and then the next election, they start talking polls again. It's all kind of bullshit. I think when we come up to the midterms in a week, we are going to see just how bad a shape the Republicans are in. Now, as we're ramping up to the election, I'm I'm watching the Republicans, and I'm amazed by the immaturity, the child, childishness, uh, the ignorance, and the flat-out lies. You know, this thing with Paul Pelosi and how he was attacked by a Trump humper. Those two things are a fact. Paul Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi's husband, Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House, this gentleman breaks in. 
Don't tell me about the conspiracy theories. I've seen the pictures. There's a broken window in the back door, and that's how he got in. You apparently had two hammers, tape, and uh, zip ties. (laughs) And then he goes and tells the police, oh, what I was going to do is I was going to... um, hold Nancy Pelosi hostage. I was going to smash her kneecaps, take out her kneecaps, and just hold her hostage. Yeah, I'll bet you're just going to sit there for like a week and hold hold the Secret Service and the police at bay? I don't think so. This was intended to go in to kill somebody, and he damn near killed Paul Pelosi. We hear all these people all these Republicans coming up with these rants and raves about these conspiracy theories and crazy things, all of which is bullshit, all of which shows us just how scared they are going into these midterms. Some crazy fuck does something like this. This can't bode well for Republicans. It illustrates exactly who they are, violent nutcases. They're all that way. Now, you probably say, well, they're not all nutcases. Well, they all support nutcases. So, as far as I'm concerned, they're just as bad. But they're so afraid about the optics of this all, they have to make up these crazy conspiracy theory. And frankly, the only people they're convincing are the 30%, the base, the Trump base. And again, as I've said many times before, that's not enough to win an election. Other Republicans who are more of a reasonable mind, and there are some, um, they know what's going on. They can't possibly they can't possibly believe any of this shit, and they've got to be appalled and a little bit nervous that their party is fomenting this kind of behavior in our country. The Republicans are at fault for this gentleman being radicalized and breaking into Nancy Pelosi's house and clubbing Paul Pelosi with a hammer, who also had hopes to (laughs) kneecapping Nancy Pelosi, or so he says. They don't want to be associated with that. And the uh, Trump-la-fuck politicians and the Trump-la-fuck base know this is a big problem for them. So they're They're desperate. They're coming up with conspiracy theories. But it's funny, you know, you sit and watch some of these politicians. They're supposed to be serious politicians. They're supposed to be mature. They're supposed to be leaders in this country. Yet they go out and spew the same bullshit. I'm not just talking about candidates. I'm talking about sitting members of Congress. Let me give you an example. And this one to me is embarrassing. This is Tom Emmer, a representative in the House of Representatives. He's from Minnesota. I've never been in his district, but I've been close to his district. This guy is a dumb fucking Trump-humping, Fred Flintstone-looking dumb motherfucker. He has been from the beginning. Now, he's about my age. He was a hockey player back in the day. I don't remember him. We're the same age, and I knew a lot of good hockey players. Never fucking heard of him until he played um, uh, in the political ring. 
Apparently he played some college out east and then went to Alaska to play. And back in the 70s, playing hockey for Alaska means you lost a lot. And not the best players went there. But that's beside the point. I don't know what Alaska's hockey's like now, and I'm not trying to besmirch Alaskan hockey, but I know in the 70s when they came to play the University of Minnesota, always kick their ass. Anyhow, Tom Emmer is now a representative, and he's one of these loudmouth, loud-talking dumb fucks that is a Trump humper. And he tweeted something out recently. It showed him shooting a gun because he's a big, tough guy, no doubt. <laughs> There's no place in the areas he represents where he can openly shoot a gun. He was in a gun range, apparently. But he's shooting the gun looking like a tough guy because he thinks that's worked for other politicians. If you remember, it hasn't worked for other politicians, but this dumb fuck still needs to try it. The thing that he did that was so appalling is while he's shooting the gun, there are some graphics that come up and that suggest, or not suggest, they say, fire Nancy Pelosi. You see the connection there. Well, he went on TV with somebody from one of the networks, and they kind of admonished him. They said it was a political ad. He goes, oh, it's not a political ad. It's just a tweet. And this woman tore him to shreds tore him to shreds, and he was trying to make excuses and whatever, and he looked like a fool, because the fucker is a fool. You know, given that he's in Minnesota, I talked about the prospect of uh, interviewing Al Franken. That hasn't come to fruition at this point, not surprised. I don't know why he would even notice me in the first place, but if we get that opportunity, trust me, I'll snap it up. But Tom Emmer, I would love to sit down and talk to that dumb motherfucker. You're representing a part of this state, my state, Minnesota, and you're fucking it up. Somebody needs to take you to task, Mr. Tough Guy. He won't talk to me either. I mean, I don't think he's going to be talking to anybody after this uh, network lady tore tore him a new asshole. Anyhow, so you got Tom Emmer. That's one thing that annoys me. And then you got uh, druggy Donald Trump Jr., the cokehead. He tweets out after this Nancy Pelosi thing and Paul Pelosi getting beaten. He takes a picture of underwear. It didn't look clean, like, like clean underwear, so it must have been his. And a hammer laying across it. And he, and he tweets out, I'm, I'm, this is my Paul Pelosi Halloween costume. Now, Jesus Christ. Have you ever seen this guy talk on Twitter or Instagram or anything? This guy has got either some mental problems or he's deep into the drugs. But this is who the Republicans are. You know, this is the funny thing. They're trying to pass off this ridiculous conspiracy theory about being gay lovers and all this stuff. Still, the bottom line is some guy who is a Trump humper, we can verify that, tried to club Nancy Pelosi's husband over the head, did club him over the head, and then was going to wait for her so he could kneecap her. There's no other explanation that needs to be made. This is a Trump humper. This is who the Republican Party is. They don't want us to think that, but it's hard not to think that with all the crazy bullshit that they do. All right, I've got a couple of emails. Let's read the emails. 
This one comes from Bo. Hello, Mike. I hope you're well today. I haven't written in a while. I've really been enjoying all the podcasts lately. That nut you had on going on about CRT struck a note with me. I can't stand that BS. The propaganda is insane. It seems to be festering, each day getting worse, and the bullshit just keeps piling up. I'm an indigenous knowledge keeper. Bo, with all due respect, I don't know what that is. I think I know what it is, but I'm not sure. You maybe want to email me back and tell me the exact definition of it. He goes on to say he's a carver and a teacher. I teach my students about the land and medicines, how to work with the land in harmony, being in balance. It's about healing the body and spirit. I'm hearing from the right-wing nuts uh, here that the teachers are grooming kids, attacking teachers, integrity, and saying the government is pushing for this. They say the curriculum is teaching kids to be LGBTQIA that we are living in a communist country. The government is pushing for COVID-19 boosters to put microchips in the kids. All this is bullshit, out of control. I'm hoping that all these nuts lose their power in the positions that they're currently in. The conservatives here all following suit from what's happening south of the border. I'm very grateful for you, sir, wishing you and your family well. Well, Bo, I wish you and your family well, too. And you're basically saying what I just said. Um, these people are unhinged. Republicans are unhinged. For four years during Donald Trump's reign, they lied, they cheated, they stole. They overturned Roe v. Wade after Donald Trump was out of office. They took money from the middle class and gave it to the rich. That's always their answer for everything. Their only plank in their platform is to own the libs. These people don't do anything. And they, well, I, sh I should, I should um, restate that. They do some things, but all of it is damaging to this country. So for the life of me, if, if you decide that you're going to vote Republican in one week, you're either stupid or you are an enemy of this country. Make no mistake, the Republicans are an enemy of this country. You know, back in the old days when we had the fights between Democrats and Republicans, they might say shit and there would be a lot of uh, hyperbole and all this other shit. When I say the Republican Party is an enemy of this country, I'm not exaggerating. Clearly, they are overturning Roe v. Wade, uh, trying to overthrow our government, uh, Donald Trump stealing top-secret documents and giving it to our enemies. If that isn't the most dangerous group of people to be in our country in the history, I don't know what is. So for the life of me, I don't understand how anybody can vote for any Republican. It's like, it's, it's like having surgery for cancer and leaving a couple spots of cancer here and there. Even if we leave one person in its place, it could grow. It could expand. It could metastasize. We need to eradicate Republicans at all costs, at least the Republicans that are in power now. I think what's going to happen is in the midterms, assuming the Democrats win the House and the Senate, the Republicans are going to have to step back 
reset and uh, reimagine themselves. They're going to have to change. Donald Trump will be out of the way. He will be of no value to them anymore because he's not helping them. He's now a liability. Um, So they're going to have to come up with something different. If they don't win the midterms, they've got problems. Now, here's something interesting. I heard somebody being interviewed. Now, this is nobody. This is just another dumb trump But he wasn't, you know, as stupid and toothless as some of them I've seen. But he was saying, you know, if we lose, I'm afraid there's going to be a civil war. Really. If we lose, our country's going to hell. So in his mind, without the Republicans winning, our country is going to go to hell. This guy is so wrong-minded that no matter what, whether they win or lose, if they end up losing, they want to fight about it. Well, I'm here to tell you they don't want to fight about it. If they lose, there will not be a civil war. But if you want a civil war, maybe that's what we need. These people are so dead set on lies and conspiracy theories If they rise to the occasion and want to fight, maybe that's what we need. We need to put the fear of God in them. We need to set up some kind of resistance to them if they want to do something like this. And once they are presented with that resistance and the potential outcomes from that resistance, maybe then they will see the error in their ways. I don't know. They're not very bright people. They're not very smart people. But I guess we'll see. All right. The next email comes from Chris. He says, hi, Mike. I'm working full time in the class from my or for my BAMA, and I have a little flexibility mornings after dinner. He's talking about coming on the show. Thanks for reading my email the other day. I listened to you on your podcast at Chemo up in Boston today. You made a few hours with drugs up my arms a little more enjoyable. Well, best of luck to you on that, and we're all thinking about you and praying for you. He goes on to ask, how do you jail a former president? Trump indict, don't indict. Does he lose protection? Um, that's a good question. I think there's no question he's going to be indicted at least once, maybe as many as three or four times. Does he do jail time? That's a harder question. That's a much harder question. And and I don't think they'll put him in a prison. I may be wrong about this. Um, I think at worst or best case, what they'll do is they'll um, they'll lock him down in in his house, wherever that may be. Now, you know, of course, there's all kinds of things going on with the uh, New York AG and the Manhattan District. Uh, his money may be gone, whatever money he has, and he's going to be hard-pressed to do any more grifting. So where that house is going to be, I don't know. I don't know if he'll be able to hold on to Mar-a-Lago, Trump Tower, and uh, Bedminster, and whatever else. He should probably take a few bucks, set it aside so he can buy a little bungalow <laughs> in Queens or something. That's where he fucking came from in the first place. Why Why don't you go back to Queens? I don't know anything about Queens. 
I'm just saying that's where he was from. Maybe they'll accept him there. Probably not, because New York is a Democratic state. But anyway, I think they'll lock him on on, on, on a House lockdown. I think that's what they'll do. Uh, but beyond that, you know, he'll be broke. He'll be ashamed. He'll be a, um, a pariah in this country. He won't be able to do much of anything. Nobody will send him money. His help during the midterms won't work, so all those people that loved him politically will disregard him. So he's in for trouble. He's not going to sit in a jail cell probably, but to be perfectly honest with his health, the way he eats, and the stress that's hanging over his head, I don't know if he lives to 2024, honestly. And this is just an estimation. I'm not a doctor. I have no way to know for sure. But I know when you're 76 years old and you're eating Big Macs every day and the stress of the world is hanging over your head, that's not the healthiest situation. Now, Chris goes on to say, what is his shame or is he a true narcissist heading for jail now and will throw America and her secrets under the bus to protect himself? Absolutely. He will throw anybody under the bus. In fact, He's got this trial, criminal trial, against the Trump organization. Alan Weisselberg, his CFO, is going to throw him under the bus. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But what happened at that trial, to start things out today, they were doing the jury selection last week. They started the trial today. The lawyers for Donald Trump were getting so out of hand and spewing bullshit that the judge sent the jury out of the courtroom. So things did not start well for Donald Trump. Chris goes on, we all know that Trump is overgrown orange baboon that never should have entered the White House. Agreed. I'm a fiscal conservative and a social liberal, which means I like to talk about my Brady-less New England Patriots team who are coached by a legend. I have pronounced Boston accent, so my delivery and my sound a little like, I might sound a little like Matt Damon or Ben Affleck. I moved out of Boston 32 years ago and I met a great lady and had two kids. I now reside in Cumberland, Rhode Island, getting my BA and MA in military history. I would like to teach military history at a college level. Chris. Well, Chris, you're you're an ambitious man. You're far more ambitious than I, and I wish you all the best. I think you have your head on straight. I think you understand what's going on out there, and you are as confused and concerned as all of us to go back to school um, at your age. And and I don't know that you mentioned your age, but you uh, um, said you moved out of Boston 32 years ago and met a great lady. You have to be in your 50s, at least, I'm guessing. Unless your folks let you move out at 10, and I'm doubting that. Um, But um, you're absolutely right. There are a lot of questions to be answered. And the thing about it is, is something I've said all along, everything that's going on now, especially with Donald Trump, is unprecedented. And that's an overused word, but it is unprecedented. No president in history has done the egregious things that Donald Trump has done. 
So their reaction to these things are unknown to us. Nobody's ever had to deal with a situation like this before. So naturally, we don't know. But I tell you what, after the midterms, things are going to get very ugly for Donald Trump. It's not going to go his way. I mean, not that it's going his way now. It's not. He's fucking freaking out. But it's going to get even worse after the midterms. Once that is is cleared and done, nobody can scream, oh, you just did it to win an election. We talked about in the podcast yesterday. He's already whining about that prospect. And uh, um, it's not going to work for him because he's not on the fucking ballot. All right, let's move on to some stories. We were talking about Paul Pelosi. Now, some Republicans and their far-right allies, of course, are spreading these crazy conspiracy theories about the attack on Paul Pelosi, Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband, including baseless baselessly claiming the assault involved gay lovers' sex quarrel. I'm watching TV news reports. I'm getting little snippets off TikTok and YouTube of these people trying to perpetuate this story. The story is baseless. It's not true. It's typical of the Republicans to be spewing this kind of shit. But as I've said many times before, even if it is true, Does that make it okay? Does that mean that Paul Pelosi was asking for it? Is it okay that somebody broke into the Speaker of the House of the United States? No. You can spin this any way you want. But the bottom line is a Trump humper, and we've proven that based on his postings and what he had in his vehicle and what he had in uh, in his home. This guy is an absolute radicalized right fucking Trumplefuck. And he attacked Paul Pelosi and had every intention of attacking Nancy Pelosi. That is very illegal. And he's got some fucking problems. Now, Paul Pelosi is still hospitalized with skull fractures after the assailant attacked him with a hammer. The man allegedly brought zip ties to the scene and asked, where is Nancy? The speaker was in Washington, D.C. at the time. Now, they identified this guy. We've talked about this before. David DePappy as a suspect assailant. And uh, and they said that there was nothing, nothing to suggest the two men knew each other. Police Chief William Scott says DePappy, DePappy forced his way into the home and deliberately attacked Pelosi. You hear what was said there? As much as the Republicans want to throw around these conspiracy theories, the police said, you know, the Republicans support the blue. You know that. There is nothing to suggest that the two men knew each other. And even if they did, it wouldn't matter. Just because you know somebody doesn't mean you have open season on hammering somebody over the head for fucking Christ's sake. The police said this is not a random act. This was intentional. The Pape himself essentially debunked the conspiracy theories in his conversations with law enforcement agents after the incident took place. Um, The Pape told police that he wanted to hold Nancy Pelosi hostage and break her kneecaps, adding that he viewed the speaker as the leader of the pack of lies told by the Democratic Party. Yeah, 
You don't think he's radicalized? You don't think he's a trump fuck or Republican? Fact is, that hasn't stopped the lies from spreading about the attack. Royce White, the Republican candidate running to unseat uh, Representative Ilhan Omar. Oh, great. Another fucking Minnesotan tweeted that Pelosi's husband was assaulted during a gay lover's sex quarrel. Representative Clay Higgins, I hate this motherfucker. He thinks he's a TV cowboy if you ever watched him. He tweeted, then deleted, a post that called Pelosi's attacker a male prostitute. There is no evidence to back up those claims. Let's go back to uh, Royce White, who's running again against Ilhan Omar. You're in Minnesota, you dumb motherfucker. And you're honestly going to try to perpetuate that? You want to be taken seriously as a candidate? Well, I got to tell you, you're in fucking Minnesota. It's a blue state. Nobody is taking you seriously. You want to win the election? I think you just blew it, buddy. And Royce White, if you ever want to come on this show, because I'm in Minnesota, I'll meet you at a fucking diner. And I'll talk to you. And you can explain to me the facts and where you got that information. Or if you're just pulling shit out of your ass and spewing it. People like this fucking annoy me. Senator Ted Cruz, another annoying motherfucker, fanned the flames by sharing a post by a conservative influencer that said none of us will ever know for sure what happened during the attack, that it was absurd to paint a hippie nudist from Berkeley as a militant right winger. See, this is how far they go. (laughs) There's a claim that he was a hippie nudist from Berkeley. I don't know if that's true or not. It doesn't matter. What was, was. What is, is. He is a militant right winger. There is no question about that. We know what happened. A militant right winger broke into the home of the Speaker of the House of the United States, assaulted her husband by hitting him head over the head with a fucking hammer, giving him multiple skull fractures. That's what we know for sure. That's all we need to know for sure. The rest is all bullshit. DePapi, who witnesses have described as a shy, unstable, was once involved in a nudist activism, according to the earlier news story. But more recent online posts that appear to belong to DePapi include Uh, fantastical images alongside references to right-wing conspiracy theories about voter fraud and secret pedophile rings. Police say he has no fixed address. Some Democrats have indeed blamed Republican rhetoric for the attack, and I think that goes without saying. Donald Trump incited the toothless fucks at the Capitol, and everything that the Republicans do incite the stupid or mentally ill. It's not unusual for somebody who's mentally ill to attack a politician. We've seen it a number of times before. And here's my problem. As they continue to spew these conspiracy theories, thankfully we only have a week to the midterms, but that's enough for something like this else, something else like this to happen. I'm very fearful of that. We've got people out here that have been strung along and lied to, and they believe it. 
And if they're a little mentally ill or unstable or unhinged, God knows what they might do. I hope every Democratic politician has extensive security. I hope the president has extensive security. I hope the president's family has extensive security because they need it. And isn't that a sad state of affairs in this country when we have to worry about the dumbest, the most unhinged of us attacking political leaders? You don't see any Republicans getting attacked. That's because the Democrats are more of a reasonable mind. That's not how we do things. We just vote motherfuckers out, and that's going to happen in about a week. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. For six years now, Donald Trump has been asked for his tax returns, and there's a lot of good reasons to want those tax returns, specifically from Donald Trump. And for those six years, Donald Trump has said, yeah, I'd give them to you, but I'm under audit for six years. Fuck that. That's bullshit. He doesn't want people to see his taxes. And he's fighting hard. Even now that he's out of office, he doesn't want people to see his taxes. The last court that he went through said, nope, you got to give up your taxes. So the former president is now going to the Supreme Court, again this time to try to stop his tax returns from being handed to a congressional committee. In an emergency appeal filed Monday, Trump wants the court to order at least a temporary hold on the Treasury Department turning over his returns to the Democratic-controlled House and Ways and Means Committee. He's trying to run out the clock. He's hoping against hope that the Republicans win in uh, on the 8th, and then he won't have to do it because, of course, the Republicans won't require it, even though... Uh, there's good reason to ask for it, important reasons. In fact, these top-secret documents that he stole uh, might figure into where he's getting his money. Now, Trump said the handover could happen as soon as Thursday of this week without the court's intervention. Lower courts ruled that the committee has broad authority to obtain tax returns and rejected Trump's claims that it was overstepping. Donald Trump will say anything. He'll try anything to delay, delay, delay. This is what he's done for six fucking years. Actually, this is what he's done for 50 years. Since he's been in business, he's delayed every possible litigation that he was involved in. Now, Trump had mostly recently sought the justice's intervention in a legal dispute stemming from the search of his Mar-a-Lago estate in Florida in August. And what did his buddies on the Supreme Court do? They rejected that appeal. And they're likely to reject this appeal. This is not something they want to get involved in. It is rather frivolous. And for the Supreme Court to take this up would look very shady. 
Now, if Trump can persuade the nation's highest court to intervene in this case, he could potentially delay a final decision until the start of the next Congress in in January. Now, if the Republicans recapture control of the House in the fall election, of course, they could drop the records request, which they shouldn't do, but they probably will. So the House Ways and Means panel and its chairman, Democratic uh, Democrat Richard Neal of Massachusetts, first requested Trump's tax returns in 2019 as part of an investigation into the Internal Revenue's audit program and tax law compliance by the former president. A federal law says the Internal Revenue shall furnish the returns of any taxpayer to a handful of top lawmakers. That's any taxpayer. They keep telling us nobody's above the law. That would include Donald Trump. He is no longer president. He is a private citizen. They want his taxes. They will get his fucking taxes. No question. Now, after President Joe Biden took office, the committee renewed the quest seeking Trump's tax returns and additional information from 2015 to 2020. The White House took the position that the request was a valid one and that the Treasury Department had no choice but to comply. Trump then attempted to halt the handover in court. Now, it's important you understand that his taxes have gotten out. The Manhattan District Attorney, Cyrus Vance, at the time, now it's uh, the other guy, Vance obtained copies of Trump's personal and business tax records as part of a criminal investigation. That case, too, went to the Supreme Court, which rejected Trump's argument that he had broad immunity as a president. So where that comes into play here, we know there's currently a court case, a trial going on now. It's a criminal trial against the Trump organization. Not Donald Trump as yet, but the Trump organization. We know that his CFO, Alan Weisselberg, is going to be testifying against the Trump organization. And I'm doing hand quotes here because it's also against Donald Trump because Donald Trump is the Trump organization. It's not a big company. Everything that happened in the Trump organization, he had his hands on. He was the person making the decisions. He was the one facilitating everything that happened in the Trump organization with Alan Weisselberg, the CFO. Now, Alan Weisselberg has pled out, of course, and he is guilty of fraud. We're talking 15 years of tax fraud. Now, it's important to know that the the, uh, members of Congress want these tax records, But the Manhattan District already has them, and you can bet they're going to be used in the trial that's currently happening now. And it's not going to go well for Donald Trump. So the Supreme Court already said, yeah, Manhattan District Court can have his tax records, and they aren't even going to get involved in this one. They won't take this case up. Donald Trump own hand-picked... Supreme Court justices are not going to help him in this situation. 
So Donald Trump's in a world of hurt right now. He's trying to do everything he can to delay, but he's got shit coming at him from all angles. He can't juggle all this shit. I'm sure wherever he is right now, whether it be Mar-a-Lago or Bedminster, he is losing his shit. Well, he's normally losing his shit because he wears a diaper, but he's particularly got to be unhinged at this point. He knows he can't stop it any further. And uh, very soon, the members of Congress will have access to his his taxes. Now, why is he so concerned about um, his taxes being exposed? I think first and foremost, the most important thing to him is that it will be revealed that he's not nearly as rich as he says he is. And that's a big deal to Donald Trump when you are a narcissist and it's all about um, perception, how you are perceived. Uh, When it comes out that he's not as rich as he claims to be, this is going to be devastating for Donald Trump. He is not going to know how to handle that. Then the next thing is we get to find out where the money is coming from. I mean, we know he fails at every turn in every business deal he does. He's filed bankruptcy six times at least. We know that in what little we've seen of his taxes, that over a period of like five or six years, he lost a billion dollars. He lost a billion dollars. And then all of a sudden he got healthy again. I wonder what deal he did to rehabilitate himself. Well, there was no deal. So that money has to be coming from somewhere. So where might it be? Daddy Fred's dead. He has virtually no friends. No banks in this country will give him a loan. Deutsche Bank, though, was willing to give him loans. And Deutsche Bank has now backed away from Donald Trump because they know they're in a world of shit. And it's what I've said all along. The money didn't come from Deutsche Bank. They weren't stupid enough to borrow to Donald Trump. The money came from Russia or Saudi Arabia or wherever, went to Deutsche Bank, and then went to Donald Trump. Now, Deutsche Bank is under investigation. We have people's homes that work at Deutsche Bank that were raided. Deutsche Bank itself was raided. And this isn't the first time Deutsche Bank has gone through this. Deutsche Bank has been accused and maybe convicted of laundering money for guess who? The fucking Russians. So my my theory here, I think, is well-founded. We know the Russians wanted to control Donald Trump. Donald Trump needed money. There was nothing he was doing to generate the money. How did he become rehabilitated? The only way is somebody handed him money. Somebody bailed him out, and since Daddy Fred was dead... Who else would there be? The only people with that kind of money and the only people that would gain something by having something over on Donald Trump, the fucking Russians. And when those taxes come out, conceivably, we'll be able to see that. We're also going to be interested to find out. You remember he had a tax return where he received back as a refund of like $73 million. There's some question about that, whether that was legitimate. And if it has to do with Donald Trump and his taxes, you can almost be assured that it wasn't legitimate. 
and that will be exposed. But I think any tax crimes that are exposed in the uh, tax returns, Donald Trump's tax returns, are the least of his problems. He's got bigger, bigger problems. If we find out that he was getting money regularly from the Russians— and we know he had the top secret documents, presumably giving them to the Russians. I mean, the Russians said, yeah, we got those. That just adds to the case of espionage and uh, treason, if you will. I know there's different definitions of treason, but what else are you going to call it when, when, when a former president or sitting president sells out this country to one of our enemies, that being Russia? So don't expect the Supreme Court to give Donald Trump any break here. They didn't with the Manhattan District. They're not going to with uh, Congress. And Donald Trump will finally, once and for all, be exposed for the fraud that he is. Here's something interesting. It was something that both former Donald Trump lawyer Michael Cohen and Trump biographer Tim O'Brien predicted. Lawyers for the Trump family threw Alan Weisselberg under the bus in court on Monday. This was reported in Mother Jones, I think. I think they're going to be worried about Alan Weisselberg because Alan was Fred Trump's accountant before he was Donald Trump's CFO, and he knows where all the financial bodies are buried. And I think they're worried about his testimony. As I said, you know, when they came out, they were trying to throw... Weisselberg under the bus, and they weren't really following the rules of the court. And uh, um, they had to send the jury out of the room so they could get things uh, straightened out. Now, when Trump family went to court Monday, the Trump organization was described as a victim of Weisselberg. Weisselberg did it for Weisselberg, said Trump attorney. Michael Van Der Veen. Just like they told Cohen, Weisselberg was characterized as someone who was like family after working for 50 years with the Trumps. According to lawyers, he abused their trust and betrayed them. Yeah, that's how Donald Trump works. Donald Trump's hands over the reins to somebody like Weisselberg. And uh, Weisselberg runs the show and tells Donnie what to do. Sorry, that's not true. Given the decades he was there and the projects he worked on and that he was with this family when times were good and when times weren't so good, he was trusted by everyone. He was trusted to protect his this company, Vanderveen told the jurors. He was like family to the Trump family and no employee was trusted more than he, but he made mistakes. Of course, it is Weisselberg's fault. This is what they're trying to pass off. They said no one in the Trump organization knew that he was being given free cars, tuition for his grandchildren, private school, and apartment. No one was more surprised than the Trump family about the $1.7 million in perks. You were all here during the jury selection and heard the DA repeatedly argue that Donald Trump was involved in or even knew what Weisselberg was doing, Vanderveen said. You will learn that Mr. Weisselberg hid what he was doing from the company and from the owners of the company. Now, 
interesting thing is Weisselberg is still on the Trump organization payroll despite the crimes that he committed against the company. The lawyer admitted that Weisselberg is on paid leave from the family business. Why are you still paying him? It seems weird. If he did all these criminal things, why would Trump still pay him? Could it be that he wants a certain amount of leverage over uh, Weisselberg? Yeah, I think that may may be the problem here. This is classic Donald Trump. Oh, I didn't do anything. I didn't know anything. It was all these people or those people or that person. That's just what Donald Trump does. But what's going to be exposed in this trial is that Donald Trump had his tiny little hands on fucking everything that went on. There is no way Donald Trump gives somebody enough free reign to do what they want and undercut Donald Trump. So either you were involved, Donald Trump, or you're a stupid, horrible fucking businessman, and this guy took you for a ride for 50 years. Yeah, sorry, I'm not buying that. Nobody's buying that. Now, here's here's something that's, that's kind of disturbing. And I, I can't even believe that they would think about doing this. As much trouble as the uh, Supreme Court is currently under, do they really need something else to fucking destroy their credibility? The Supreme Court's six conservative justices, they appear ready to end affirmative action on Monday. They overturn Roe v. Wade, and now they want to end affirmative action. Now, during the arguments in two cases challenging the limited use of race in college and university admissions, in Students for Fair Admissions versus Harvard University and Students for Fair Admissions versus University of North Carolina, white and Asian students claim that they use the use of race in admissions that helps the enrollment of black Hispanics and Native American students unconstitutionally discriminates against whites and Asians by violating Title VI of the Civil Rights Act in both cases and the 14th Amendment's Equal Protection Clause granting equal treatment to all persons under the law in the North Carolina case. Now, it's going to be interesting to see how this progresses and what they do. It's going to be very interesting. Um, the Lawyers for the Students of Fair Admissions, a nonprofit group run by conservative lawyer Ed Bloom, who is white and has brought numerous cases before the Supreme Court challenging race-conscious policymaking, argued that any use of race was unconstitutional. They asked the court to overrule its prior precedents authorizing the limited use of race to achieve diversity in the 1978 case of Regents of the University of California versus Bakke and the approval of the limited uh, affirmative action program used by the University of Michigan in Grutter versus Bollinger. All right. I don't care about all the legal cases. The bottom line is this affirmative action in, in, in universities was installed for a very good reason, because we had a fucking problem. This was a remedy to a problem. And, of course, you've got these white kids, these entitled white kids that feel that people of color or indigenous people have an advantage when it comes to getting into the school.
I don't know the facts of what it is. Uh, Not surprisingly, I never had to fight to get into Harvard. I did walk through Harvard when I was in Boston one time, but never accepted. And uh, frankly, I would have never fit in. But when you overturn Roe v. Wade, and now you want, and when you overturn Roe v. Wade, you overturn the right to privacy. That's kind of a big issue. And then when you try to overturn affirmative action, this country is moving backwards. And our Supreme Court is not supposed to be moving us backwards. They are supposed to be moving us forward doing what we can to make everything equal for everybody. However, we've got six conservatives on the Supreme Court, and as much as they whine and cry about the public not believing they're credible, they still insist on doing the fucking things they do, overturning Roe v. Wade, Clarence Thomas not recusing himself from January 6th proceedings when his wife is one of the insurrectionists who's probably going to be implicated in this. I can do whatever the fuck I want. I'm a Supreme Court justice. Well, I think he's going to find out that that's not the case in the end. We also hear that... Uh, His wife made like $600,000 and he didn't report it. I don't know if that's illegal or just just unethical, but we know the Supreme Court justices don't have an ethics code. And why that is, I don't fucking know. How is that possible? Anyhow, this is something that could happen this week or next week or sometime soon where they are going to overturn affirmative action. So, what the Republicans are doing, essentially, is pissing off 50% of this country with overturning Roe v. Wade and actually pissing off more like 70%. And now you're going to piss off people of color. All I have to say, if you're a person of color or somebody who supports people of color, if you happen to be a woman at any age— or anybody that supports women, why would you vote Republican for anybody? For fucking dog catcher, why would you vote Republican? They're trying to take your rights away from you. They're trying to diminish people of color, especially when it means going into college. You allow them to do that. What's next? I told you this when when it came to overturning Roe v. Wade. That wasn't going to be the end. Oh, we'll just do this and we won't do anything else. And now they're talking about getting rid of affirmative action when it comes to universities and colleges. You think this is the end? It's not the end. It is definitely not the fucking end. So what you need to do is vote these motherfuckers out. There is no good reason to vote for any Republican in any race in this country. I think I can honestly say that. Yeah, there might be some good Republicans, but at this point, we need to eradicate them all in order for us to start healing and straightening out this country. Because even if we eradicate all the Republicans, it's still going to take some time to fix. I think Ed Ed has said before that we need um, at least two more Well, he needs one more term with a Democratic president and then another eight-year pair of terms uh, 
in order to get this thing straight. And I don't think he's too far off. We're talking about 12 more years of Democratic rule in the uh, presidential office and presumably in Congress before we can straighten all this shit out. I think a lot of people thought the moment Joe Biden would get into office, all would be fixed. And that's not the case. He's done a lot. He's done more than any other president legislatively. But there's still a long way to go to repair the shit show that the Republicans have wrought on this country. You'll remember George W. Bush leaves office. Our economy is at the worst level that I ever saw in my lifetime. President Obama comes in, and he makes things better. But it takes a while. It doesn't happen overnight. So we really need to eradicate this country of Republicans. If there are good Republicans, that's fine. They can regroup, reset, and try to form again and try to represent in a reasonable way. But they aren't now. Even the good ones, if you think there are good ones, they support some wrong-minded people, some people that are enemies of this country. Even if they aren't the ones doing these egregious things, they do support people that do. And that's not acceptable. Just not acceptable. And when we talk about not acceptable, the one thing... Well, one of two things that the Republicans are complaining about Joe Biden and trying to stick him with, trying to pin it on him, is gas prices. Now, President Joe Biden, a little more than a week away from the election, as I said, actually exactly a week, presented something of an ultimatum to gas and oil companies. Ramp up production or pay a higher tax rate. He said it's time for these companies to stop war profiteering, meet their responsibilities to this country, give the American people a break, and still do very well, Biden said as he spoke from the White House on Monday afternoon alongside Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen and Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm. Now, Biden threatened imposing a higher tax on excess profits and other restrictions if companies don't increase production and refining capacity to drive down the prices. He said, my team will work with Congress to look at these options that are available to us and others. He said, Congress is currently in recess as lawmakers return home to campaign and stump for their preferred candidates ahead of the November 8th elections. Oil companies are making staggering profits. There is no question about it. You would think if we're taking a hit, it's because the oil companies are taking a hit. But that's not the case. ExxonMobil said last week it had its highest earnings ever for the third quarter with a net income of $19.7 billion. That's not a year. That's a quarter. Chevron reported making $11 billion in profits, while Shell made $9.5 billion in profits. We are paying high prices, and the oil companies are making money hand over fist. There's no explanation for this. All this is is price gouging. 
As of Monday, the national average for a gallon of gas was 3.76 according to the American Automobile Association. That's 30 cents higher than the price of gas a year ago. If oil companies passed on their excessive profits to consumers, Biden said the price of gas would be down by 50 cents. <clears throat> and when we look at this, that would mean a lot. I mean, if you have a 15-gallon tank and you save 50 cents, that's $7.50 for every tank of gas. Think about how much money that is. If the oil companies just did what they were supposed to do, if they were reasonable. And it's not just oil companies. It's a lot of businesses that are gouging us. We know that colleges and universities are gouging our kids. We know that the um, rise in tuition costs have far outpaced the rise in income costs. So all you people, you old people say, well, I paid off my student loans. Well, you had cheaper student loans back then. You could pay them off. They've risen so high. Put it this way, if you look at what we pay for tuition, our kids pay for tuition back in, say, 1960, what we were making then, we were averaging about $11,000 a year, and uh, tuition was reasonable at that point. In those 62 years, our income has gone up to about $50,000. And if tuition for college or universities had kept pace with income and raised <clears throat> along the lines of uh, our income, that would mean college would be about 1800 to $2,000 a year. Now, if that were the case, we wouldn't need these bullshit loans. We wouldn't have people um, being enslaved to debt. That's a little bit of gouging, too, don't you think? And let's not even get into medical care. Medical care is high, and they are gouging us now. We can see that with pharmaceuticals. Something that costs $1,000 a year will cost $30 in Canada. There is no explanation for that. The only reason it is high as it is here is because they can get a fucking way with it. But it doesn't stop there. Of course, you throw in the um, of course you throw in the the insurance companies, the middlemen, if you will, and that just adds more to the pile. And these kids now that are going to college are getting robbed. They're getting price gouged. So you old folks that say I paid off my student loan, yeah, you did, but you got a better fucking deal. It was commensurate with the amount of money you were making, and with that amount, you could pay it off. Now, with somebody making $50,000 a year on average, going to college and spending anywhere from forty dollars to $100,000, that makes it a little harder. And then you throw on 6% interest, and these fucking kids will never get out from underneath. I love these Republicans saying, oh, don't give them a free ride. They'll get lazy. That's their excuse for everything. Take away the Social Security. They'll get lazy. Fuck you. We've paid into Social Security and Medicare our entire lives. 
at the very least, we should get something in return. Don't tell me we shouldn't get anything. And don't tell me these kids are pikers because they're not paying back their tuitions. There's no comparison to what older people had, what I had. But these educational institutions and the loan companies have taken advantage, and they've taken advantage for decades. Isn't it time to stop? Gas companies, education, medical. These people are robbing us every fucking day, and don't you think something should be done about it? The Democrats are going to do what they can to do something about it and hopefully fix it. The Republicans, they're not going to do anything. They're going to perpetuate it. They're going to continue to rob you. So it isn't hard to make a choice as to who you're going to vote for. All right, we're going to wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen. I hope you have a great day, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.